Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. I am your host, Jay Friedman, and I am very excited to once again be joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, the Don Draper of Ultra Running, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express, the Avery Collins to my Avery Brundage, Phil Vrondra, welcome back to The Pain Cave. Jay, it's good to be back. It's nice to be two miles away from you, properly, socially distanced. I can see you. You look as good as ever, looking as handsome as ever. Excited <laughs> to be here. This is uh, this is actually probably ideal for you because you can see me, but you can't smell me. So that's probably the the best we're gonna. I love ever that do. too. It's the combo package. It's hard to beat. It's the musk. It's the musk. Absolutely. Phil, how's, how's it going? It's going great. You know, I'm I'm working from home, which is awesome. I'm cooking. I'm drinking beer. I'm chilling at home. I absolutely love it. I just like going running and not hanging out with people. So it's perfect for me. You know, my antisocial lifestyle, you know, my three friends I only ever go running with. It's great. Um, which I never see them anymore to go running with, but I know I'll be back. So it's, it's working really well. Yeah. How about you? You're busting ass in the ER. You must be stressed out. It's uh, It's been stressful. Uh, this week's been okay because it, it was supposed to be spring break. So I'm actually supposed to be on a beach in Mexico right now unfortunately. As I am as well. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. We were going to meet up down there. Um, two unrelated trips. But uh, yeah, so I've been off, you know, for almost a week now. I got a few more days off. So I'm, I'm you know, a little bit mentally removed from, from what's going on there. You know, it's it's been interesting because the ER has not been, uh, you know, the census is way down. People are staying away for, you know, kind of visits for non-essential things are way down, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. it's great that people are respecting that. But yeah, it's it's still a very, you know, obviously a very stressful time and and yeah. There's, you know, I was telling Brian the other day just a just a, an example of the kind of stuff that, you know, I the, the the stressful thing about it, I mean, aside from the, you know, stress of of possibly contracting the illness is, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I have a lot of experience and and just when you when you've been doing it for a while it's like anything else you get into like pattern recognition and kind of muscle memory and you know you recognize things that are you know or or at least you know how to work through things in in a way that you've been doing it I've been doing this for almost 20 years now and a lot of those things in terms of diagnosis and treatment have kind of been thrown into chaos by just the uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus and how it can present and, and different modalities yeah. that we would normally use to treat things that we can't use anymore. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, You're learning new stuff every day. Exactly. This, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So even, even in patients who, you know, may or may not actually have it, it, it still is, is casting a, a shadow over the way that we can otherwise treat people. So it's, it, it yeah. is, it is a stressful time, but, uh, you know, but yeah. We, we are fairly lucky up here. You know, we're not in New York City where they're they're overrun and, and our thoughts and prayers do go out to, you know, everyone working on the front lines down there and the hospitals on Long Island and, and in Manhattan and the surrounding areas where they really are uh, in dire straits in terms yeah, of... Yeah, that looks tough. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, big shout out to all those guys busting ass, looking after people down there and to you, anyone up here, anyone in, the, you know, these areas affected by this virus. I mean, it's, it's hard times and uh, impress people rallying the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, you know, we're going to be in this little kind of phase for a little while yet, I think. But yep. life goes on. Running goes on. You know, we're, we're, we're short on races right now, but we still have plenty to talk about. 
And yeah. we still, you know, uh, hopefully people are getting out regularly and still getting their runs in. I find that that for me has become, you know, a real sanctuary and, and something I look forward to doing every day. Not that I didn't before, but, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of developed a new poignancy and a new uh, uh, importance yeah. for me. So, you oh, know, yeah, it's become even more important for me, I think, at the moment. I mean, yeah. I'm having eight meals a day. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I really kind of need eight meals a day, five beers a day and a bottle of bourbon. I definitely need to get out there. You know? <laughs> All right. So, Phil, what are you drinking over there, by the way? Well, that's my question to you. It's been about. it's been almost uh, it's been a little over a month since our last episode. And, and as we like to do, yeah. we, we like to get together on a more or less monthly basis and talk about ultra results, which we're going to do. There's not a ton, obviously, that we're going to be able to talk about because of all the cancellations and everything else. But it has been about six weeks and we did miss some big races that we want to touch on. And we do have some fun things we want to talk about uh, in the second half of the podcast. And then moving forward in our next few episodes, we're going to have some fun stuff coming up, too. But before we get into all that, what are you drinking tonight, Phil? Well, before we got in contact tonight, I was—I had a warm-up beer. It's at Equilibrium uh, Brewing. Those are Middletown guys, very close to us. Nice. This is a called a, a Mock Sam Magara. It's a double IPA. Really, really nice. Super cool beer. That's my warm-up beer before we started chatting tonight. Of course. <clears throat> and then I moved on to another Equilibrium Brewing, who, by the way, deliver, which is amazing, called Fluctuation. Another double IPA. Both of them absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, two cans deep. It's looking like a good evening. Excellent. What about you? I am going, I went into the vault and I am going to crack open a focal banger from The Alchemist. Sweet. That's nice. Yeah. Pro, I think, we're staying East Coast strong yeah, tonight. Yeah, we're all like. East Coast tonight. I think this is courtesy of Kirsten Court. So thank you once again. Oh, very nice. Uh, are you cracked open already? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Right, when so, I said warm up, I mean I'm one and a half deep. Yeah. On okay. Up, so. Hang on. You're there gonna have to do the cracking tonight. Oh, that sounds right. good. That's a good one. Cheers. Cheers. But actually, before we go any further, it was oh, National Beer Day two days ago. What did you do for that? Uh, I had some more Equilibrium Brewing. Yeah, I went down there and uh, scooped a bunch of beer. Nice. Uh, they do the curbside, which is nice, and they also do the delivery. So I had uh, more equilibrium. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty long cans. I mean, if you if you're uh, lucky, I might Lysol one up for you and drop it in your mailbox. Sounds uh, good. Spray that puppy down. Beautiful. Make sure it's safe for you. <laughs> Be good though. So Phil, the last time we chatted was the very end of February, and the big story on the horizon at that point was the upcoming Olympic trials, which were I think yeah. just a couple days after we recorded. And I guess that's as good a place as any to start. And then we'll just blow through some results from about a month ago real quick. I found the Olympic trials to be, uh, as usual, you know, thrilling. It, it's yeah. it's just a, it, it's unbelievable how much, when you think about it, is just on the line for the people at the front end of the field and how everything really comes down to this. And there really are, it's, it's unlike, obviously, any other race because... The stakes are so high and the opportunities are so few. You're only going to get two or three shots at this if you're lucky in your entire lifetime. It's not like, you know, a Boston or a New York or a Chicago where you could come back every year. And, you know, it can change your whole career and your whole life. So the, the drama of it and watching that unfold is always just riveting. Oh, yeah, huge. I mean, the other thing as well is like, I mean, what happens to them now? I mean, the Olympics is moved by years. Is it going to be another Olympic trials? 
I think I heard that they are respecting the results of the trials. So the team is the team for next year, as far as I'm right. aware, although I'm not 100% sure that that's the case. Right. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it fairly interesting. I mean, good for them to respect the results, but you don't know what happens to people in that time. Right, exactly. And I, right. I mean, if there are injuries, you know, who knows who's in shape or out of shape or, or anything like that. It's yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's going to be problematic, I guess. But what, we'll see. I, I, like I said, I, I thought I heard that, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So that that might change. Certainly, you know, as with yeah. everything else, things very much in flux around the the covid virus and, and everything else. And, and like you said, you know, I mean, running that race can change your life. Anything that, I mean, from, you know, we like to approach things or we, we tend to approach things from the perspective of trail and ultra guys. And there were certainly tons of trail and ultra runners in the, or at least people who are, are mostly known for trail and ultras in the, uh, the, both the men's and the women's field at the trials. I think from our standpoint, the big story going in was Jim Wamsley, as usual, and probably yeah. the big story coming out. He, he probably didn't yeah, have I the day he, he wanted, but he did great. He did. Yeah. I mean, could he have done a little better? Maybe. But I think he did overall. I think it was a really solid showing. I think he, uh, you know, did himself proud, did the ultra community proud. And, uh, you know, he uh, he's obviously got a lot of talent. Yeah. Just outside the top 20 and 215. Yeah. And what was actually, I guess, his first marathon, he, you know, he's obviously Probably. run many, many ultras and, and he qualified with a half. But his first road marathon and was was running, mixing up in the lead pack for the first 15 miles or so until yeah. uh, Rupp really yeah, broke right things open. Yeah. And, and that move yep. from that move from Galen Rupp came a lot earlier than I thought it would. So there was a, a very early breakaway and, you know, it, it did get chased down as, as it looked apparently like it was going to. But I, I kind of expected they were going to chill out after that for a little bit and kind of let the field reset itself. And that didn't happen. It was almost like as soon as they caught that lone break and I forget who it was, Rupp just took off and the field was just decimated after that. And unfortunately, you know, some of the guys who were kind of hanging in that top 10 or 20. That was impressive. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was very impressive. Uh, but then some of those guys were just kind of, uh, you know, shot right out the back. Yeah, there was the one dude who was leading for a while. I was like, oh, this guy's looking good. And then he just got dropped. I yeah. mean, and, you know, decent times on a what, you know, for a road marathon is a pretty tough course, you know, several hundred yeah. feet of climb, which is unusual yep. for a top level road marathon like that. Uh, and we still saw a sub 210 for, for, was, uh, for Rupp yeah, and Wynn. Any any other names from the Olympic trials from the trail and ultra standpoint on either the men's or the women's side that stood out to you? Um, I mean, honestly, I was really just kind of had my eye on Jim. Yeah, it was hard not to I really mean, follow. Like decent, you know, like showing from here, which I thought was great. You know, like you know, good. I mean, good day out, more than decent. Uh, other ultra guys. I mean, there wasn't anyone that really stood out to me. I don't know. Maybe you looked at it a bit more closely. You're more the uh, the marathon guy than I am, you know? I mean, you know, there were certainly some good performances, uh, you know, n nothing that really, right, jumps out at you like Jim's performance did. On the men's side, you know, we had several kind of well-known names from the trail and ultra scene that all ran between, like, 220 and 230. Uh, yeah. Tyler Andrews was in there, Anthony Costales, uh, Zach Ornelas, right. you know, a bunch, bunch of people in that range. And on the women's side, you know, the women's field was enormous, over yeah. over 400 starters, I think. And, and you know, uh, same kind of thing where no, nobody 
really necessarily stood out, although there were certainly some excellent performances. Brittany Charbonneau running a 238 uh, and finishing just outside the top 10 was pretty cool. And, you know, locally, Ellie Pell ran 244, which was right mm, right around good. her seed time and uh, was in the top half of the field, and that was cool to see. She was ahead of some yeah. really, really well-known ultra names uh, like uh, Camelia Mayfield and Devin Yanko and E.O. Wang and, and uh, Casey Ennisman and, you know, names that we talk about a lot, and Ellie was well ahead of them. So that was a... Cool. That's really solid. Yeah, cool, cool yeah. performance. I mean, from maybe her. if the season gets started, that's a good uh, a good sign for her, you know? Yeah. Uh, the same weekend as trials, the following day was the 50K National Road Championships at... Uh, yeah, Comset. Comset. And actually, this year You're at, at Heckscher right? State Park. Crushing was not the word. I, I kind of flailed my way out. But uh, yeah, it got moved because of construction at Comset. So it was the Comset Park 50K at Heckscher State Park, which is about 20 miles away on the south shore of Long Island. Got to meet up with uh, the great Laura Klein, who had a, an actually a really solid a race. Great day, uh, yeah. Yep, and uh, James McGowan, our good friend and, and training partner, had an awesome day there. Uh, Brian Hickey, another local, went down and ran a strong race. Uh, it was not the easiest day. It was, you know, the, the it was sunny and it was, the temps were pretty good, but it was quite windy. And, you know, on a 10, yeah. 10 by 5K course yeah. where half of the 5K is into the wind, it just took its toll. But there were some some excellent performances, not least from Camille, who skipped the Olympic trials to come out and run this race and easily, easily took the women's title running a 325, which, you know, I, I was expecting something faster for her. But in the in the conditions with the wind uh, as a solo effort was actually pretty solid. Yeah, I think I mean, you know, talking to you guys about the wind down there, it sounded like it was pretty rough at times. Sounded really like it made a big a big difference to to the times. It did. Uh, it, it took so, a lot out of everybody, I think, and and probably cost several minutes for the the majority of the field. I would think uh, gotcha. three twenty five. A you know a solid time. Although again, we always grade her on a curve. I I always expect her to run you know three oh five or three ten, which I'm sure she's capable of. But uh, you know she you know never really seems to blast a time like that and that certainly wasn't the day for it and also she was just two weeks after the win at black canyon which you know we had spoken on about on our last show which again not the most impressive performance of her career but still a solid win and a, a decent yeah. uh, showing there um and, she and wins. she's she's out there for ultra run of the year, <laughs> exactly right? exactly i think we have it in the bag honestly <laughs> if if the season ended today which you know it looks like it might uh <laughs> yeah. she would she would probably be the winner yeah, uh, you'll Trish, be out there as well. No, thank you. Trisha Stadel, uh coming out from the West Coast, taking second there in 341, about 16 minutes yeah. down, and Laura finishing in third. a little ahead of Laura, right? Yep, yep. Solid uh, showing for Laura there, although I know she was a little bit disappointed in her time. Yeah. Uh, Callan Khan, who I think he had raced each week the week before. He run like two 50Ks on the previous two weekends and then came right. out and ran 257 to win on the men's side. And really looked very, very strong all day. It was. He's a road guy mainly, isn't he? Is he, he is mostly is a road like guy, and it's ultra running. Yeah, looks like it. And then we'll talk. I mean, Pioneer Spirit. I think he was on the podium there as well, which we'll talk about Third in just place, a little bit. Yeah. Matthew DeWald was second, uh, two fifty nine. Mike Wardian. The Third incredible place. Mike Wardian, yeah. 306 for third and just moved through the field there or through the top part of the field all day. And, and that is a an yes. age group national record for him. So that was really cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, knowing him, he probably ran a marathon the day before. The yeah, morning, exactly. You know? Exactly. amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. Uh, in, terms, in terms of the course, I, I would, 
I hope it stays there, although the wind was was problematic. But uh, the loop itself was a, a more enjoyable loop than the one at Comset. So um, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't okay. mind seeing a, a permanent move there. But the, the wind was problematic. And it really is. It's right on the ocean. Like you're gotcha. you're running like right next to the beach for, you know, a good mile. Uh, and yeah. so I, I don't know if you're ever going to get a non-windy day there, which is kind of the main issue. Right. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I guess that takes the temperature down as well, you know, like wind coming off the cold water. For sure. It keeps it cool. And, yeah. you know, I, I did, even though it was sunny and, and there were no clouds uh, and it wasn't that cold, I did wear arm sleeves pretty much the whole day until I think the right. second or the second to last or the last lap. Uh, and, and so that, that helps, but I mean, that headwind was just unrelenting. So, yeah. Anyway. Sounds rough. Our local boy, James McGowan's out there. You got a, a 11th overall, right? 10th man. 10th male, Big 11th roll. overall. That's right. And, and in the low three thirties or mid three thirties, a really, really good showing yeah. for him. That was great. Great to see. Good for him. Yep. Nice one. Yeah. What else you got? I mean, the, the biggest news, I guess, I mean, we'll talk briefly about Way Too Cool and Pioneer Spirit, but the, the, the biggest yeah. news in terms of trail and ultra running in the last month, I would say, would have to be Trans Grand Canaria, which is one of the, yeah. the big races on the European scene. And obviously, we see a bunch of top Americans going over there and trying their hands each year. And um, a, a really exciting race this year. Uh, where two Spaniards, Pau Capel, the incredible Pau Capel, who is, I might say the... He's absolutely on fire I, right I mean, now, right? he's he's the top ultra runner in the world right now, right? I mean, I think or so, top yep. trail ultra runner in the world right now. He yep. and Pablo Villa, his countryman, uh, ran to a joint win in 1304. Debo on the comeback trail, finishing third yeah. overall, a distant third in 1340, but still yeah. at, at still a... Still strong, still solid. Yeah, I mean, at a huge race back. like I mean, TGC, that's great. Yeah really good but uh, yeah you're right Pal Capel absolutely crushing at the moment some good interviews with him after the race really interesting uh, that guy trains hard he seems super cool dude uh, and he knows uh, Pablo apparently pretty well I think that's why they kind of ran it in together so I think that was pretty cool Pal's an interesting guy in that I mean he is he doesn't seem to make any bones about the fact that he is a professional and he takes it incredibly seriously right mm, yeah definitely I mean, he's training six hours every day, not just running. Uh, you know, a lot of that is like core work, flexibility, you know, uh, stretching, uh, you know, like just working on like being loose, being springy. I mean, he uh, he really seems to have a, like a good system around him for just getting out there and running, but looking after himself. And I mean, you know, still with the, the origins of the sport as they are and everything else, it is still kind of a counterculture scene to some extent. And I think we do have a bunch of top athletes who, you know, I'm not sure how realistic it is, but at least the kind of general sense about them is that they're just out for the fun of it or the the enjoyment of the trip. I mean, you know, some of our favorite athletes, Killian falls into this category of just being like just a guy who likes being out in the mountains and and that sort of thing. And just he just happens to, you know, win races. Now, obviously, he is about as professional an athlete as they come. But I think we kind of ascribe this this uh, kind of idealized view of his pursuit to him. And, and, you know, Courtney's kind of the same way where, you know, she <laughs> she doesn't do speed work, right? She just goes out and runs and she just likes being yeah. out in the mountains and Pocket that sort of thing. Pocket full of gummy bears or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I mean, a lot of this is artifice and a lot of this is just, uh, 
you know, just media hype or whatever. But, you know, in, in, in light of that, it's refreshing when you see somebody like Pow or somebody like Jim who make no bones about the fact that they're being very, very serious about it and, and that Agreed. this is their life and this is their, their profession and, you know, that it's real work. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, um, yeah, just following him a little bit on social media, it really looks like he, uh, you know, really works hard to be good. And, you know, he's come a long way in the last year, I think. I mean, was it a year ago that he was beaten by Debo at Fuji? I think that was two um, years ago, right? Oh, was that two years year, ago? A year ago, Debo was injured. So I think it was two years okay. ago, right? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so, in the last I mean, two, he's right. Had a, he's had a great, like, he's really gone after this. Yes. And, make significant improvements. So that was good. Yeah, right. In the last two years, I would say he's gone from being uh, one of the top guys in Europe to the best in the world. Uh, if Killian, you know, outside of Killian or maybe yeah. even including Killian, who knows? Yeah, mountain runner. I mean, he's not kind of has, I doubt he has gym speed, although, I mean, to see those guys, I, I mean, I think Jim's going to take him on like a States kind of course, you know, that kind of faster, smoother rolling I think once you get some mountains in there and make it a little bit harder, I think Powell's going to have the edge there. So kind of interesting to see those two battling it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And who knows when we're going to get I mean, that. Who knows? I mean, Powell, you know, it's a UTMB went off like six-minute miling. Yep. I mean, who does that? Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. You know, he, he did the first, I don't know what it was, like, five six miles at like six minute pace actually maybe a bit less it was just under four miles i think because the first part of utmb is quite like flat slightly rolling but i mean it's all about dropping the hammer early and that was it he was gone i mean he he yeah that was as close to wire to wire as it comes in 100 i think yeah. i mean i i set off a race once at nine minute mile pace i mean i was walking <laughs> within two miles um yeah what about on the women's side we had a nice little result there for usa right caitlin gerben yeah uh, she, very good she's and that race that race unfolded kind of interesting right some people went off pretty hard yeah yeah i think she came from behind in that one I, yeah. it's it's so long ago it's hard to remember now but yeah i think she i think she ran down a couple of early leaders i love she's like one of my favorite under the radar people you know it just goes about yeah, her job so quietly cool. and you know just every once yeah. in a while just pops up and you're just like holy shit she's on the podium again at like it's a for, huge huge race. Big race yeah she's so great yeah i agree yeah you sort of yeah she does run under the radar and then she she goes to a big race and just gets a great result. Yeah. So that's a fantastic result. Yeah. Um, yeah, good for her. Second place, uh, Azara Garcia, Spanish runner. And then third was a Chinese runner. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. Right, Xiao Ruo, whatever. <laughs> Fu Hao Ziang. I'll, I'll save you the – I'll spare you having to pronounce it. Just Perfect. Behind her, so. I'll, t I'll, t I'll toast you for that and have a sip of my beer. Love it, yeah. I'll have a sip as well. Why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, way too cool was the same weekend, one of the top 50 mile or 50 K yeah. races, uh, in, in the U S and, uh, Darren Thomas, who was, I think was he the runner up at North face last year. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he, he came through with the win there in, in three eighteen, which is a very strong time on that course, just ahead of Justin right. Grunewald, who we talked about him a few times in the fall. He is, he's really coming on and, and, um, yeah. he, he's going to be. He's going to be one to watch this year, I think, if, if we get any more racing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Just a ton of talent there. So that was that was fun. And uh, Kimber Maddox on the women's side, uh, kind of a, you know, a mountain running champ and a shorter distance trail running champ. But, uh, you know, not somebody we really talk about on this show in terms yeah, of ultra 349. running. Yeah, 349. She had a good day out. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time on that course. Yeah. Yeah. So those were cool to see. 
And then the following weekend was Pioneer Spirit, which was the 50-mile trail championships and for this a year. Big, I had a big, a deep field. It had a deep field. It had a bunch of no-shows because I think that was basically the weekend before everything shut down and they were already right. starting to... They were already starting to, you know, issue some directives uh, as to field sizes or group sizes and that sort of thing. But, you know, as the 50 mile road or trail championships, you know, which is a a title that has gone to Cayuga Trails over the last several years. uh, It did get get a good crop of West Coast runners, uh, including Tim Tolveson on the men's side, who I think for his first result of the year had a really, really good one there. 622 went out and won that, right? A little nice starting into the year there yeah yeah start and end exactly national championships and max max king who had had a a quiet fall and winter pretty much i mean he he was running some of the uh solomon golden trail series last year and we saw some good results there and then you know was pretty quiet after that uh was a strong second there so that was cool and yeah kaylin khan who we spoke about at at compsit k row champion that's uh, exactly right finishing third although it's just a distant yeah. third, uh, Tim in six twenty two, Max I think in the mid six twenties as well, twenty five, twenty six, and Kalen Khan uh, in the six fifties, so about thirty minutes back. Right. Okay. Well, uh, he's probably still recovering, I would guess. I mean. Yeah, I mean that was again though. that was only two minutes or two weeks after Comset, which was his third race yeah. in three weeks. So I mean, he had four ultras in a five week span or a four week span yeah. maybe. So uh, yeah, I mean, get some rest, man. Two weeks <laughs> after a fifty cal, I'm still driving around in the golf cart. <laughs> what about on the women's side? Ashley Hawks winning there, right? Eight thirty-one. Ashley Hawks, Hayden's wife. Yeah, yeah, it's and bad, right, keeping it tight, keeping I mean, the ultra community tight. I like it. Fifty-mile debut for her, and uh, a a pretty impressive win. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. National champion there. Mm-hmm. Very nice little start to the year. That's and right. And then uh, it was a, women's race was tight, right? I mean, I mean. The, the men's was fairly tight, but um, Cali Demogen, 834, a couple of, uh, few minutes behind. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. Yep, and third place, a, and third place another 10 minutes back or so. So, yeah. Oh, 10 fair, back, right. Yeah, so uh, a fairly tight podium there. Yeah, um, look good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, I wonder where we... I mean, I wonder who we lost, basically, from the, the COVID concerns there, because that really, like yeah. I said, that was the last of the kind of big races to go off. Uh, before everything kind of shut down. Yeah. Uh, the big news this past weekend, obviously, was the Quarantine Backyard Ultra, which was... That was big. Did you follow that? I... I, Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know me. I love I bigs, and I love the Backyard Ultra format in general. I was not all that psyched about good. this idea, but I over the course of the weekend, I had to get into the spirit. It got pretty good, right? It really did. It really was yeah. cool. I agree. It was kind of hard to kind of get that excited early on, but as it got to fewer and fewer people it really got pretty exciting and i mean it, between right. the last two guys was incredible yes it, it was like you said it was hard to get excited early on with i mean they had two thousand starters and everyone's doing yeah. something different and there were some cool stories you know people running laps around their living room or on the roof of their apartment building or you or know, around whatever. a frozen lake in sweden that was the coolest one <laughs> unbelievable story and yeah. she wound I mean, up third anna carcelin right yeah, she has to drop out because a storm came in and her generator ran out. I mean, oh my! I mean, she she like, absolutely insane. The the pictures it's of her in the story. week leading up to it, uh, basically out on like a snowcat, 
uh, plowing herself a, yeah, a four-mile loop full was fantastic. And then she was in it for over 40 hours. Uh, yeah. And I think, like we said, I think wound up thir- third overall. You know, it was, yeah. it was obviously – look, it was great. It was a great thing that Dave Proctor and, and the guys up there put on. And um, yeah. it was – it was a great way to kind of keep the community together. And I know a lot of people raised some money. We talked about Ellie Pell before. She and Amelia Kaufman raised some money for some yeah. local businesses in Ithaca by doing 10 laps. Yeah. And But, you know, it, it was hard to get into early because it was obvious that some people were just out for a training day or whatever. And, and yeah. you know, people were going to stop at 24 hours when they got 100 miles, which, which happens in every backyard ultra. But e- even some of the top names were basically saying, ah, I got my 100 and, and that's good for now. I mean, Courtney said that, yeah. obviously. Maggie was in yep. it and dropped out early with a back issue. It sounds like she's fine, but you know nobody yeah. nobody obviously was going to go to the well, or very few people were going to go to the well and really yeah. figure out you know where where the limit was. Uh, but we had a couple do it, and after Anna dropped out, it was quite a battle between uh, Roddick Brunner from the Czech Republic and the great Mike Wardian from Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. Roddick on yeah. a treadmill because he, I think they are shelter in place there and Mike yeah. on a four mile loop around his neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little controversial at the end, right? I mean, Oh, I missed that. Funky. What happened? Oh, you missed it. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. No, okay, well, it, so, end, it ended in the middle of the night. I was asleep. Yeah. So, right. So basically Raddick was getting on his treadmill and he was stood on his treadmill when the thing started, but he was looking at an iPad. Or something like that. It was some miscommunication or something, sleep deprivation on his side. Something happened. He was ready to go. He was on his treadmill. He was kind of sipping a cup of tea. He handed that off or put it down. I can't remember exactly. And someone gave him an iPad. And it's like an hour and, sorry, one minute and 30 into it. And um, and at about like 145, 150, puts the iPad down and starts running. But apparently you need to start running straight away. So they disqualified him. Yeah. Um, yeah, once once the the whistle goes or the horn or whatever it is that you're using to start, you have to start moving and then you can't leave the course, basically. Right. But if you're a runner on the road, like Mike Wardian, for example, you could step over the start line and just stand there, right? You're going to have to keep moving. Sure, sure. But you have to move forward. I mean, you have to, right. You have to, you have you to have start to moving. Line, yes, right? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's on his treadmill and I don't know, I'm assuming it's not moving. But I think he didn't know. Actually, no one has heard his side of the story. So I'm not quite sure what went on. But I think it was a little bit of a sad way for it to end. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, I didn't um, hear about that. I mean, it was just a disqualification rather than him quitting. And he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked pretty decent. I have to say, after 63 hours, they both looked pretty good. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, Mike Wardian, I mean, amazing. These two, it's going to be really interesting to see them at Bigs if they go there. Um, if this, this thing is really taking off and there was some chat I saw the other day about like we, maybe we make this an Olympic event it would be so popular <laughs> um, and I mean what a great I mean Coca-Cola basically own the Olympics they're going to sponsor this thing <laughs> I mean you know we all drink Coke when we're ultra running um, but yeah it was uh, in my, my opinion it was kind of a sad end you know it was through like the Zoom kind of chat thing yeah. it was hard to communicate yep. who knows exactly uh, Radic, his English wasn't great. You know, apparently he didn't hear the bell to start, or I don't know. There was some miscommunication. I think a disqualification was harsh at that end of the race. I think maybe a warning, figure out what went on, get it going. Uh, if it happened again, I don't know. It was kind of kind of odd. He was on his treadmill. 
it, it's hard. I'd like to hear his side of the story. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough. I, you know, the rules are right. You have to be. And Mike didn't want it that way either. Of right. course he didn't. I mean, right. the guy didn't stop racing. He just got disqualified. Right. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I understand. I, right. The letter of the law. I mean, it's obviously, first of all, obviously it's meaningless because, you know, everyone's on a different course and, uh, you know, yeah. in a different time zone and everything else. But uh, yeah, letter of the law. You have to be in the starting corral when the gun goes off. You have to start moving and cross the start line when the gun goes off. And, and someone pointed out that on Mike Wardy and Strava's, some of them start at like 01 past the hour. So he didn't start on the hour. Oh, but you that's know, okay. But oh, one. I mean, look, if you're if you're in the back of the starting corral, it might be five seconds before you cross the start line in in an early lap or something like that. Like yeah, to me, that's okay. I mean, oh one. But it was like so. He started like eight oh one. His Strava started, so it'd be. Oh, you're saying one minute? Starts. I thought you meant oh yeah, one seconds. Minute. Oh yeah. uh. no, 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 one minute. All right. Well, you know, yeah, so like knows? he would start his at like you know, one minute after the hour. Right, 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 so, right. But again, like we were saying, he can step over the start line and he's he's in the race. You sure, know, like exactly. He's, he's good. You, right, he's there's, there's no requirement to keep moving once you've crossed the starting line, exactly. As yeah. long as you, you have the full hour, you just can't but leave the course. For a treadmill runner, you have to be moving? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, what's done is done. It's passed. It was a little bit of a shame to end like that. Great job putting on that race. Yeah. Fantastic entertainment. But like from Raddick's point of view, I mean... I, I feel sorry for the guy. I mean, you yeah, run for 60 odd hours and that's how it ended. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe we never see him again. Maybe he's just given up. Maybe he just <laughs> never does another one of these things. It totally broke him. Uh, I doubt it. I, I, maybe, I'm sure yeah, he'll be back. He's a multiple time national team competitor for the world 24 hour and world hundred K championships. If I recall correctly. All oh, right. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, that was that was that was good. It was yeah. it was great. It was great, and yeah, we saw women go far as usual at Biggs. Uh, yeah, and we mentioned Anna and everybody else. It was it was it was a fun. It turned you know, like I said, I was at first I was just like, uh, please don't. You know, I I don't like the uh, the whole virtual race scene and the, you know, trying to force. I, it felt like we were trying to force something basically, but I got sucked in. It's it's such a cool format. It it's it's it, amazing. It yeah. It, yeah, just I mean, Laz is a fucking genius. Like. Yeah. What a fucking format. It's just, it's the best. I, I, I love it. So anyway, so that was the big thing. I mean, and that's, and that's where we're at basically in terms of yeah. racing. I mean, and, and who knows when we'll get it together again. You know, the, the FKT scene obviously has been heating up and people are setting new ones every week as, you know, races kind of go up in smoke. It's going to get harder and harder as you know more and more well, parks close down closed, exactly yeah i mean the big one that we were FKT. talking about for next month i don't know if we're going to yeah. be able to even attempt it um yeah. unless new jersey starts reopening some of their stuff because we're supposed yeah. to start in high point and i think that's closed right now yeah yeah i'm i may mean set the fkt around my driveway next month that hopefully will still be open okay well that'll um, be good yeah Come and you know support me from a distance. Hand me hand me drinks on a stick. So don't be too um, don't be too modest. You did we we both did have an FKT last we did couple we weeks ago. FKTs cover standouts. You you rocked the uh, Walkill Valley Rail Trail, right? As did Gardner's you. Kingston. I did the one way. You did the out and back. I did the out and back. Yeah, nice. How, what was your tell, time? tell me two, a little about your day. Forty four miles. Uh, day was good. Forty four miles. I did uh, six hours and twelve minutes. It was kind of cold, little, little kind of overcast, a little drizzly. Uh, trails decent, a little muddy in spots, a little wet in spots. As you know, a few little branches fall over, little small, small trees to jump over here and there. Um, but overall, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the thing, you know, was that like it was, you know, hard to really motivate for it, but I felt like pretty decent and uh, the day seemed to go pretty quick. So, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, uh, six hours and 12 minutes was decent. I mean, I kind of wanted to break six hours to really feel like solid about it. But and what about you? How do you feel about your one? Yeah, uh, kind of the same, kind of the same. I uh, had the 22 miles in just over 240, 241, I think, 242, somewhere yeah. in that range. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was, I mean, I, I had a good time. Um, you know, it, it was fun to do that. You know, we, we run on that trail all the time, but, uh, you know, we yeah. never really do it end to end. So it was kind of fun to see the, the yeah. two ends on the same day. Yeah, you know, it's right. It's It's hard to get super motivated for something like that. But uh, especially when we didn't really have any times that we were necessarily chasing. But uh, yeah. I felt like it was a good, honest effort. And it was it was fun yeah. to do the whole thing and just kind of, you know, look and say, oh, I ran from here to there. That was kind of neat. Yeah. So Yeah, same. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, first one to do it, I guess. So let's see. <laughs> first one to record it, at least. Sure. Yeah. So we'll there have see. been ton- so, tons and tons of FKTs coming down the pike. Any that caught your eye recently? I mean, I, I couldn't um, even begin to list. But... I mean, I saw uh, Steve Lang. I think he's one of your teammates, isn't he? Is he a yeah, actually, peak? I did want to mention that one. That was a great one from. Yeah, Steve that is one of the Mountain Southern Peak Red Newcastle. And uh, is it like 70 miles or something? 71, 71 miles for the it was the New Jersey section of the AT, right? Uh, every, yeah. every mile of, of the AT in New Jersey. Really strong effort. I mean, super fast. Yeah, just over 13 hours. Really, really, really strong. Yeah, that's a solid effort. That was nice. Nice to see that. I think he'd been a little injured last year or something, so it was good to see him out there, you know, crushing some uh, solid FKT. Yeah, that was was my favorite one that I saw, at least on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, same. So, And and I'm sure those will continue as we move further through this period. Provided the trails are open. Hopefully. it stays that way. Hopefully closing every day yeah and uh yeah i mean you know there's just a lot of uncertainty you know everything yeah. being canceled in western states hard rock it's it's uh it's yeah. it's oh they canceled hard rock now oh i thought you said that no not yet i think they're on they're on the fence with it though. oh okay they're, they're having a hard look but yeah states obviously qualified which is a little bit of a crazy crazy scenario yeah now we'll never get in no agreed well we will I mean, we'll be pushing for the over seventies cast. Yeah, but exactly. That'll be all right. Exactly. That'll be nice. We'll be very You're old and broken down in the beginning, so it'll be good. And uh, you know, I mean, I'll be using the ensure to uh, as my nutrition, <laughs> which would be great. So I'll be using it in my daily life at that point. So. <laughs> I was going to say you're already using ensure <laughs> for nutrition. Nothing will change for you. <laughs> Maybe at that point in life, they have an alcoholic ensure uh, maybe CBD enhanced. <laughs> I'll live in California. CBD. Uh, in, uh, like, a, like an infusion with a little dash of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get like one. a tincture. We'll mix it in. We gotta... cut that out of this pod. That's our that's our new jam. <laughs> Making old people happy. Oh god. So Phil, I, th- I think that's probably about as far as we were going to go into results and and everything else. There's not a ton else little going thing, on. Right? Um, so why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, we will start talking about some fun kind of quarantine stuff for ultra runners and runners in general. Let's do it. Sounds good. So today's show is sponsored by podcorn.com. Have you heard of podcorn, Phil? I have not. This is new to me. So podcorn is actually, it's a really cool, uh, website that basically hooks up podcasts with sponsors. And so 
basically you register for the site and and you build out a profile and Podcorn can help match you up with sponsors that are you know appropriate for your podcast and your content and your audience and it's actually it's it's been really cool they've been really easy to work with there are, are all kinds of sponsors on there from you know different products manufacturers or services that want to get their goods out there and also other podcasts that want to build more of an audience and kind of work with you in doing so it's been really easy to to work with and it's been really fun in terms of connecting with other podcasts who are kind of at this stage where we are in terms of, you know, trying to build an audience and, and trying to do some reciprocal stuff. They can do all kinds of things from, you know, branded content or episodes that are built around a certain sponsor to, you know, pre-roll right. and mid-roll reads, just like we're doing right now. And great. yeah, it, it yeah. actually is really cool. So it's an exciting time to be in the podcast field. And, and this is a great way for folks to kind of hook up with potential sponsors and grow their audience. And they've been really easy to work with and, and beneficial for us. So I wanted to shout out Podcorn.com nice. for, for sponsoring Sounds this episode. good to me. I'm going to check this out. I will be straight on the internet after we've finished. And I'll <laughs> check them out. Awesome. Awesome. So, Phil, what we wanted to do tonight for something a little different and special is we're going to talk about our favorite running movies of all time. And this is something that hopefully will help people while they're stuck at home and quarantined. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's something that you can really do with your kids, although my kids have watched some running movies grudgingly, I would I would say. But yeah, mine, mine enjoyed one yesterday. OK, cool. We watched it. It was good. Good. Nice. So we're going to go through our it's top. We're going to go through our top ten running movies of all time. Now, a couple of ground rules here. Uh, what we're counting as a running movie is more or length, more more or less, I should say, a feature length type of presentation. So you know there are right. tons and tons of great kind of trail films and stuff like that out there. I mean, we could make our top fifty, you know, Solomon Killian videos or whatever. But those yeah, are not yeah, the yeah. things Maybe we're we'll looking for here. Time. Yeah. Uh, it, Look, if we, if we start doing our top 50 Killian videos, you'll know that we've been quarantined for a very long time. Yeah, true, true. But, you know, for the most part, right. The, the video shorts and, you know, kind of small films that you would see in some of the trail running film festivals and stuff like that, we're not really considering those. We're, we're, we're for the most part, uh, feature length documentaries, dramas, that sort of thing, top 10 of all time. So those are kind of the ground rules. And, and you can do documentaries, you can do... Uh, straight fiction you can do you know based on real life and i think both of our lists will have a mixture of each of yeah, those mine things. has a mine leans maybe a little bit more towards a kind of real life documentary style uh with a couple of others thrown in so I know, that's the kind of thing i like so i, I think i went biased. i think i went the other way just because i have fun watching any kind of kind of mainstream ish movie or you know any kind of theatrical release yeah. that has a running tie-in so i kind of leaned a little bit more on those although my uh my number one is a is a doc so yeah i can i can see you're like number one is return of the jedi well there was running in it i mean there was this one scene where like, i'm like dude come on and my number two is the phantom man <laughs> a new hope is number dude stop all right, all right. Uh, so we're going to do our top. We're, we're going to do our top ten do? from ten to one. Uh, first, before we get into our top ten, any snubs or honorable mentions that didn't make your list that you wanted to mention? Um, I mean, documentary. I, I was really impressed with the Nikki Spinks. Yeah, that, that was one of my. That was one of my honorable mentions. Also, I mean, that actually should probably be on my. I don't know. It's hard to say, but like that's good. She's a super impressive woman. Um, absolutely incredible. Could listen to her all day long. Uh, you know, like they, she's so tough, so incredible. 
anyway, that that probably didn't make my list, but it probably should have. Now I'm probably already rethinking my list already. Terrible start. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to shout out a couple of dramas that did not make my list that I I did enjoy uh, to some degree. One being McFarlane USA. I don't know if that one made your list. It's a pretty good movie. Dude, Dude, I spent a whole of yesterday evening crying watching that. Uh, Yeah, see, that's why that's it's it's too much like, uh, you know, it's too Disney for me. I don't buy Kevin Costner and uh, the, you know. The running scenes are are not authentic enough for me to to really get into. It was, it was a good movie, and my kids enjoyed it. I'll give them that. Yeah, but uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. All right, uh, I'm moving that from number one on my list to number two good. before I get attacked by you. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Marathon Man, the classic Dustin Hoffman movie, which has really right. very little to do with running. That was on my <laughs> on my list. Have you seen that one? I have not seen it. Oh, it's from... Actually, maybe I did see it. When was it released? 79? Oh, before that, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Late 60s, early 70s. I saw it in 79, actually. Uh, It's like Dustin Hoffman, and and I think... (laughs) Yeah, you saw it in 79, exactly. Yeah, I was Uh, I think it was Laurence Olivier plays like a a sadistic dentist who's an ex-Nazi or something. It's a very messed up movie. I have have seen it, yes. I have seen it, and honestly, it probably was 79, because I remember the dentist scene. (laughs) That's why... I mean, not only one, because I'm English, I don't like going to the dentist, but two, that movie has ruined my teeth. <laughs> In fact, no, you a good point. I'm going to sue them. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie I'd was just... I'd have perfect teeth if it wasn't for that movie. <laughs> there was one movie that I didn't get to check out in preparation for this, and I do apologize because I did want to see it, but have you heard of Britney Runs a Marathon? I have not, no. That came out last year, and I think it won some big prize at right. like um, South by Southwest or uh, Sundance nice. or something like that. Yeah. And it, it looked interesting. It's a, a, you know, a fictionalized version of a, of a true story where you know, the filmmaker, his uh, roommate who was kind of out of shape and, and uh, you know, in some bad habits and smoking and everything, decided to run the New York City Marathon and kind of chronicles right. that story yeah, in, in a fictionalized... Yeah, it, it, it won a bunch yeah. of prizes. It sounded great. I, I just never got around to watching it. So maybe that should be on right. my list too. But All right. So let's get started. Let's go uh, 10 to 1, our top 10 running movies of all time. What do you have for number 10, Phil? Number 10, I'm going to go with Life in a Day. It's a Billy Yang movie. I love that movie. And it's it's a Western States jam. And I know, like, it just, for me, I, I know you always talk about the feeling of Western States and, like, the family there and just this, like, incredible atmosphere. And it, I felt like it kind of gave me a feeling of that, you know. And that, that's what I really liked about it. It really inspired me and made me want to go. I mean, I want to go already. But, like, watching that movie, it really just, like, made it, like, uh, palpable. Yeah. Tangible. Like, I could feel it, you yeah. know. Um, Bill, yeah, Billy's so a really great filmmaker. That. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good. Yeah, film. he really is, and he, I think the thing that he does well with his films is like he makes them very human, very like you can really relate to it, you know, uh, which I really like. Yeah, that's great. So I, I love that, and just yeah, and like people know him, he gets on well with people. It's kind of they open up. It's just yeah, it's a nice feeling to it. Good choice. Good choice. My number 10 is a movie called St. Ralph. Have you seen this one? I have seen it. It's about a kid that runs, right? Yeah. A running kid, is that right? Yeah, it's about a 15-year-old movie or so. It's, 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 it's just really, it's a fun movie. It's a, a 14-year-old kid who is in Catholic school, and his, 
his mom is sick with cancer. His dad is uh, dead. And he's kind of living by himself and, and kind of fending for himself. And, and he gets forced to join the cross-country team at his Catholic school and decides that uh, he's going to win the Boston Marathon. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this about kind of running dramas because this, this is going to come up in kind of every kind of non, or fictional running movie that we talk about, or, or most of them anyway. I don't know what it is about. I, I I I shouldn't say that. I think it's when people are making running running movies for non-runners or for general release, they feel like they have to heighten the stakes constantly, you know, because uh, right. you know there, this this idea that or, or I don't know if it's the idea that running is boring, but it's just this the the difficulty of really portraying the stakes or, or real life stakes. Um, is is just going to seem too small scale. So you, you're going to get these ridiculous scenarios like a 14 year old training to win the Boston Marathon. And, you know, he does a workout where he's running. He's like ripping off 420 miles and stuff. And you're just like, well, OK, but uh, <laughs> but it is a really cute movie. Uh, it's it's very it's funny. It's heartwarming in the way that I think McFarland USA is trying to be but fails. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little bit inappropriate in times. It has some dirty jokes, but not over the top. It's it, and it's it's really fun. I mean, it, it wanders into, you know, kind of uh, over, overly sweetness at the end, as most of these movies will. But uh, uh, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd heard about it and I'd seen like a couple of trailers for it, but I'd never seen it. So it does sound cool. Worth a watch. And I think the kids uh, will like it. My girls liked it. Right. OK. Number nine. Uh, number nine for me was um, a movie about Fred Lebeau, the guy that kind of started the New York City Marathon, Run for Your Life. Yep. Um, I just enjoyed it. Like, I love, like, New York back in those days in the 70s, uh, the whole, like, running scene. Uh, just such an interesting character. Um, you know, really just enjoyed seeing how that thing built up, how that running scene built up. And, you know, he's very flamboyant, which I really like. Just such a like an interesting guy. So, that's uh, that, yeah, that's my number nine. Nice. My number nine is Meatballs. Do you know Meatballs? <laughs> I do not know Meatballs. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't know Meatballs. That's probably not something that, <laughs> that made its way across the pond. Meatballs is a 1979 Ivan Reitman comedy starring Bill Murray that right, has cool. very, good already. very little to do with running. It is awesome. It is a great movie. Uh, yeah. it follows... Were you born in 79? No, I was born in 75. So it was okay. definitely right. not a movie I saw when it came out. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, it is a basically a gross-out comedy from a summer camp, but the climactic scene of the movie is basically a more or less a trail race or a cross-country race between uh, one of the campers and, like, a rival from another camp. And right. uh, it actually... I mean, first of all, the movie's hilarious, and disgusting but uh the 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 portrayal of the race is actually pretty damn good now neither of them can run they both look ridiculous while they're actually running these two guys yeah but there are spots uh of the race from like inside the head of our protagonist and uh it kind of does feel like what it feels like to be in a race uh and i did want to give them props for really kind of realistically portraying as best you can, kind of the internal struggle of what that feels like. Uh, mm. And and plus, it's just a fucking funny movie. So Meatballs is my number nine. Right. Uh, that sounds, sounds good. Go ahead. Number um, eight. 
Number eight. Number eight is a movie called Unbroken. It's about a guy called Louis Louis Zamperini. Zamperini. Sure, that's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I read the book and I saw the movie, and wow, it's it's an insanely powerful story. I mean, you know, it's just it's a story on so many levels. It was like it just like I think it affected me for like a month afterwards. I mean, it was just such like a story of just like strength and resilience and just this you know kid that kind of grew up like a little raffle or wild and just yeah i mean it's one of those things that you know we think we're tough now i mean well back in this guy's day that was that was real tough you know yeah i mean the guy was was insane it's 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 a tough story but it's a good good story and you're right. True story. Like you said, based on the book by Laura Hillebrand, who wrote Seabiscuit, yeah. I believe, which is another great movie. Yep, that's correct. Not yeah. a running movie, obviously, but a great movie. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good choice. I like that that book and movie as well. Yeah. Tough, though, man. I was I struggled sometimes. I was like, wow, it's, it's so hard. But yeah, good. Nice. Number eight, I have 3100, which is a, a documentary by Sanjay Rawal, who we had on the yeah, show, I, I think, last year. Maybe yeah, the year I before. Had that I, I haven't seen that yet. I really have to. It's really I mean, good. You spoke really, really highly of it, and I, I need to. I need to to see that. Yeah. So it it uh, basically is mostly based around the thirty one hundred mile self transcendence run in New York, but yeah. uh, branches out into multiple different aspects of ultra running and ultra endurance, and is just yeah. a really, really well done story. And yeah. Um, you know, he, Sanjay is a really cool guy, and it was yeah. a, it was a really it was a very beautiful uh, examination of ultra running and ultra endurance in in general, yeah. and uh, and yeah, of that race in specific. When you did that part, I remember listening to it, and you spoke. You know, you were like, you really got to see this movie. Yeah, and yeah, I, I definitely want to see that. Yeah, so that's still streamable. People should check that out. What do you have at number seven? <laughs> number seven, such a good movie, dude. McFarlane. It's so, <laughs> I look good. Good. Love that movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, the problem. I'm, I'm sorry. I love that stuff. The problem is, on the verge of crying. I mean, n- none of them know how to run. They all look ridiculous. Right. Yeah, but that's that's not why I relate to it so well. All right. Fair um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's like a feel good. Definitely had to hold back the tears a couple of times. Got to work on my testosterone levels. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I liked it, but you're you're absolutely spot on. It's like it's a Disney classic, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The formula, Disney formula is there. All right, so if you want a Disney formula movie, I'll go with my number seven, uh, which is a movie called Without Limits. Do you know this one? Uh, nope. Without Limits know. came out in 1998, which it was the second of two movies that came out in 1998 about Steve Prefontaine. The right. Great American Distance Runner. So one was called Prefontaine, which starred Jared Leto and uh, yeah. Leto. Leto? Leto? And that was a terrible movie, right? That was a piece of trash. Uh, Without Limits yeah. came out just a month or two later. And, and that was marginally better, yeah? It's it's better than marginally better. I think it's a really good movie. Um, <laughs> look, I'm a, I'm a shameless Prefontaine fan. I love Steve you Prefontaine. Are. Yeah, I was waiting for this. Uh, and, for this. and we're not done with Steve Prefontaine on our list of movies here. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Not on my list. But um, yeah, no, this it, it's actually it's a it's a pretty good performance by Billy Crudup, who is the star of Almost Famous, the Cam and Crow movie. 
Um, okay. Uh, he, yeah. he plays Pre and uh, does a pretty good job with it, I think, kind of, of capturing that spirit. Uh, Donald Sutherland plays Bill Bowerman, the, the great Oregon coach, yeah. and, and does yeah. a really nice job with that. And Monica right. Potter, who you've seen in a couple of other things, although, you know, never really. Yeah. But, you know, she plays the girlfriend in, and, and who is, you know, basically a composite character of uh, multiple of Steve's girlfriends, I guess. But but is not like the usual wet blanket kind of girlfriend. She's actually she's she's a kind of a compelling character. It's really right. I, I I love that movie. I think it's really very well done and and fairly true to kind of the spirit of Pre's life and and you know pretty factual without getting too in the weeds. So uh, right. yeah, I like that movie a lot. All right, good for you. That's <laughs> one I won't be watching. Anyway, <laughs> what do you have for number six? six. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a little bit of a fan of the Barkley Marathons, right? Barkley oh, Marathon. Uh-huh. Uh, I got Where Dreams Go to Die. I thought that was pretty epic. John Kelly out there. And then, uh, you know, um, the uh, the guy uh, who, I can't even think of his name right now, I lost my mind, Gary uh, Robbins, who mm-hmm. comes in, kind of having gone a bit off course just a few minutes after the after the, the cutoff anyway, wouldn't have counted, but I think that's a, that's a solid enjoyed that a lot so number six i also have a barkley movie but not that one i have barkley marathons the race of the east it's young that's right oh okay yeah all right which uh i i kind of bumped up on my list a little bit it's a it's a very good movie i don't know that i would normally have it this high but Mm. it was the introduction into the idea of ultra running to a lot of people who are not ultra runners or who basically were otherwise because of its distribution on netflix and I mean, for better or for worse, when people hear you run ultras, that's the movie that they ask, you know, have, have you seen? Yeah, uh, and so yeah, you're right. It is annoying to explain to them that, you know, <laughs> that's not really what ultra running is necessarily, but it is impressive that it got that much of a reach and that many people kind of identified with it in some way, either, you know, from a standpoint of uh, inspiring them or from a standpoint of horrifying them or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and it is a very good movie. I mean, they do a nice job with the characters of uh, Feggy and and Jamil and and everybody else who was uh, kind yeah. of uh, leading the race that year. So that was yeah. a that was a cool year, yeah, and a cool film. So that was yeah. So we both had Barkley films for number six. What did you have for five? Five, I got Unbreakable. Um, I mean, how can you beat a movie got Killian running in his like tight boy shorts? You know, yeah, these other gnarly ultra runners. You know hammering on the the western states course killian's like i'm gonna try and do this race without a drink like yep <laughs> good job my man <laughs> you are an absolute legend but you should probably have a drink uh i forgot yeah, about I this movie i love this that. movie i thought that was cool i should have had that on my top 10 i totally forgot about it but oh well. I, I watched it recently it was like streaming for free or whatever it's already seen it and then i watched it again the other day uh really enjoyed it it's just a classic it's, race. A, it's a great movie characters. i love that movie um you know once again on one of the one of the favorite tracks uh, for ultra runners you know yeah yeah yep should have been in my top 10 oh well number five i have the jericho mile nice yes good movie have you you've seen that one i have seen it yeah, yeah. actually i mean whilst we're here that's my number four so that'd be my oh. next one so we can we can maybe blend this into in together here perfect um, perfect i mean that's a great 70s movie i mean that's an absolute classic it, I mean, it really is good. Like, when the guy's rocking around the track to Sympathy for the Devil, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, 
it's a good movie. So that's a made-for-TV I mean, movie, which I did not realize until very recently. It's a little cliched in sections, but like, just like, you know, it, it's cool. It's fun. I mean, you know, right, and that's that's the kind of thing where all these things are a little cliched, and and all these things are a little bit ridiculous when you get down to it. I mean, you know, the <laughs> a guy is going to be just running a sub four minute mile, just running around, you know, yeah. the yard in the prison. Oh, okay, it seems seems yeah. a little bit far fetched. You know, there's yeah. there's this it's decent, and I mean, and and I should hate that aspect of it, like as if a four minute mile is just so easy. That, you know, yeah. if, if only we just were looking for all these athletes somewhere, we would find all these four minute milers. I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous right. premise. But, you know, again, I think for a non running audience and, and like I said, this was a made for TV movie. This like aired on CBS. Right. So, you know, it's right. not like it's not like runners were searching out this movie. So I, I, I guess I can forgive them for uh, upping the stakes to a ridiculous amount where, you know, a, a guy who's serving life in prison is going to train for the Olympics. Uh, yeah. But really really a cool movie i mean and for yeah, a made for tv cool. movie kind of dark like you know there's shanking yeah. guys and there's like neo-nazis oh, yeah. and all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah um yeah. but there were gangs in jail yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy interesting michael mann directed he he directed heat you ever seen heat oh yeah dude it's one of my go-tos yeah it's a great movie he directed, yeah. directed ali and collateral he's a great director he directed yeah. that um yeah, yeah it was really Good. cool they filmed that yeah, actually. So it takes pretty place, close on that. I like it. It yeah takes place in Folsom Prison. They they filmed it yeah. in the prison. I don't know how they got permission yeah. to do that, but yeah. So that was my five. That was your four. So I guess I'll yeah. skip to my number four, which is Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. That's such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, look, it won Best Picture, won Best Screenplay, uh, a couple others. I think uh, Best Original yeah. Score. I'm sure. I think for that you know iconic theme. Van 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 Gelis. On the beach. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a classic, absolute but, classic. I mean, yeah, I it, it actually it really is a good movie. I, I docked it a yeah. little bit because it's about sprinters, but uh, right, and, and you know they do take some liberties, but you know it, it's. And you don't really like the English either, so. Oh, fun. I love the English people. Happy Winston Churchill Day, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm smoking a cigar, drinking a bottle of champagne, here, being obnoxious. <laughs> I'm celebrating it properly. <laughs> But no, just a, a classic movie. It's hard to make a list of running movies without including Chariots of Fire, which is oh. probably going to be the only running related movie to ever win Best Picture. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Agreed. top three. We're on the we're on the podium. What do you got? All right. Well, I got the Barclay, the race that eats young. Oh, okay. I mean, I love that. I mean, Feggy is my favorite person in that movie. I mean, that guy is the guy. I think, you know, you got. Brett Marnie and Jared Campbell finishing, and then you got uh, Feggy coming in, you know, with a few minutes to spare. I mean, the guy is like hobbling in. He looks like he's about to throw the ring into the into the fire in Lord of the Rings. You know, <laughs> I mean, the way he's hobbling in with a stick. You know, he looks like he's at Mount Doom. Uh, yeah, I mean, insane. I loved it. It was so good. I mean, he made that movie for me. That's Just, awesome. He, he's a guy I was rooting for. I loved it. That's really great. good. I think I probably watched it like three times in a week once. Yeah. No, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. So we talked about that already. Um, I Number three, uh, I don't feel good about myself, but I have Forrest Gump. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought about putting Forrest Gump in, but then I realized we'd be at rock bottom if I did that. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was and, like, that would turn us from a serious pair of commentators 
with plenty <laughs> of knowledge about this sport, you know, to a couple of idiots. But you had to do it. I had to do it. Look, here, here's here's my argument for no, Forrest I love Gump. That shit as well. Uh, it's on my list, but I actually took it off last minute. Okay. Forrest Gump is a fucking good movie. Like, I don't care what people it say. A it's, a, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Yes. Excellent and, movie. And... I mean, the, the there's a, a very, very strong argument to be made that the running parts of Forrest Gump are probably the weakest parts of the entire movie. Right. Having said that, though, well, it's, it's a really good movie part, in yeah. which running plays a really ridiculously important role for oh, kind of no reason. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, I mean, he spends 20 minutes of that movie just running. And yep. again, probably the weakest 20 minutes of the movie but it, it does, it is... Well, yeah, I, I don't know if that's totally fair. I mean, the scene when, like, he's got that massive ass beard and everyone's <laughs> running along with him. I mean, it's yes. kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. And that's cool. a good scene. And, People I mean... Run, Forest run. I mean, you hear that. And that's, that's what I was going to say. A line of any movie, right? Right. I mean, I think, that, I think that line and that movie has changed the way that the world perceives people who run, for better or for worse... More than any other. So, um, I mean, how many times have we been running and someone shouts at you, run, Forrest, run? I mean, I mean, come on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And fuck, it's annoying. How many times? But, yeah, uh, yes, annoying, but, the, but you, the, you get a little G'd up from it, right? You're like, <laughs> yeah, Forrest can run. I can run. The, the, uh, you know, the impact on the culture and, and it's just, it's a good movie. Yes, you could take yeah. all the running stuff out of it and it would still be a good movie, but that's okay. Plus, um, Robin Wright is like my favorite actress of all time and she is gorgeous. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's move on. Yeah. I kind of agree with you, but <laughs> our credibility just got flushed. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, who cares? Okay. Number two. Uh, what do you got? Number two. Number two, I got breaking two. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I just, I really loved it. I mean, kind of love hate with Nike, you know. Um, I mean, just looking at the elite marathon runners that they have in this race, the team surrounding them, the concept, the kind of breaking barriers type thing. Eliud uh, Kipchoge is such an amazing person. I mean, he's been so fantastic in running, yet he's so incredibly humble. Um, just, yeah, I really loved it. And it's, it's kind of short. It's like under an hour. Yeah. But I just think it's, it's a great, it's a great movie. I'll, I'll allow it. Not quite feature length, but I'll allow it. All right. It's good of you. Well, then I'll stop talking about your Forrest Gump choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm afraid that you're probably not going to have seen either of my top two, but uh, regardless. Right. Uh, my number two is a movie called On the Edge, which I'm sure you haven't seen because basically nobody has seen it. It, right. is, yeah. it is a movie from the mid-80s, 86, I believe, starring Bruce Dern who was, I guess, one of the leading men of the time. Um, right. On the, you should really see it if you can find it anywhere. It's hard to find. And I actually, if you have a, a VCR, I actually have it on VHS. Um, wow. It's kind of fallen apart, but um, I'll, I'll, if you can scrounge up a VCR, uh, I'll well, give I, it to you. If we can go back to 1985, then I can dig mine <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. Tip, exactly. Um, so this movie, it's... Basically, Bruce Dern plays uh, like an aging kind of I think he has turned 35 or 40 or something like that. And he's he's like an ex uh, Olympic contender who was banned for the sport from the sport for taking money from a promoter, basically like breaking these arcane amateur rules. And he got black. Oh, basically. Right. Yeah. 
And so, but he's he's basically aged up in age group, and he's coming back to win the what's known in the movie as the Cialo to Sea run, which is a stand-in for the Dipsy. Um, right. So Dipsy is a, a, an age group handicapped run where basically, based on your your age and, and gender, you get a head start over the kind that, of young right. yeah. elite males. Okay. So it's it's yeah. the same concept. Uh, they they I guess couldn't call it that. Obviously, they couldn't call it the Dipsy. But um, yeah. so. He, so basically, he gets in touch with his old coach, and he starts training again. And he start he's basically starting from scratch. And you see him kind of build himself up, and uh, and you know reconning the course and all this other stuff. But mm. it is it's the best it's the best depiction of kind of what it's like to be training for something and not doing anything else. Like the single mindedness right. of purpose and preparation, where his days are just built around the running, and you see him like making up his training calendar with the the blank squares and just like filling in the squares every day with two runs a day. And you just, all he's doing is like living in an abandoned shack, you know, fix, fixing up the shack and running. And right. just, it, it's, it's a, it's such a great uh, visualization of this single mindedness of purpose. And uh, the end is a little bit annoying, but um, right. all, all the running scenes really hold up. For the most part, the race holds up at the end, the climactic uh, race at the end where they're, they're on the, they're actually on the Dipsy course. It's really, really cool. And it also features a very cool and very weird performance by Pam Greer. So it's uh, oh, wow. definitely worth a watch if, you, if anyone out there can, can get a, a hold of it. And like I said, Phil, I'll, I'll give you the VHS and I'll, I think I have a VCR. No somewhere. idea what to do with that VHS, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> it's it's I'll it's a really it's it. a really good movie. Cool. Uh, that sounds interesting. All right, I'll see if I can find it. All right, number one. What do you got? Number one best running movie of all time ever: Chariots of Fire. Hard okay. to beat that movie. Yes, it is. Four Academy Awards. I mean, that's just like an incredible movie. I absolutely love it. Total total classic. It's not just you know about these runners it's about you know like their dreams their i mean right. like the, that's what's uh, great about it right guys like you know won't run on the sunday i mean it's yeah yeah it's, it's a great movie right it's I about their it. lives i mean it, it really yeah. builds them out as characters and you really you get the motivations you get what's driving them um yeah it, it is great it is a great movie good uh, a, a, a worthy choice for for the top spot yeah my name is the uh, sorry go the, on the one guy the <laughs> The one guy who I particularly like is the uh, the Lord. Um, Ain- I can't remember what his name is. Is it uh, the Nigel Havers character? Uh huh. Yes. He's the uh, the Lord. I can't remember what his exact name is, but uh, absolutely hilarious. He's like drinking champagne and like smoking all the time. <laughs> um, absolutely hilarious. And he, right. I think, the, the he, he was the hurdler, right, hurdles. or the steeplechaser? Yeah. Yes, right. And he, yeah, right, he, he runs he runs the hurdles, and then he drinks the champagne off the end of the hurdle. Or the steeple, yeah. yeah, it's great. <laughs> he has it set up. He has his country manner, yeah, and uh, yeah, he does the hurdling, and he's like, "Me, let me know if I spill a drop." <laughs> he's like, you know? right? He's like Track's first playboy. He was pre before yeah, there was pre, except yeah, he had money. Around in his uh, his um, you know robe, <laughs> his robe, exactly. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, it's great. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I love that movie. Lord Andrew Lindsay was his name, actually. Nice. So, yeah, it was a classic. And, I mean, so many classic actors in there anyway in that, in that movie. Yeah, very, but, very uh, good. yeah, enjoyed that. I think you do have to be British to fully appreciate it. I think, I actually, I really think you do um, <laughs> a little bit. You know, uh, some of it's a little quirky. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good, 
Good movie. Great film, obviously. My number one all-time running movie is a documentary called Fire on the Track, which is a documentary mm-hmm. about the life of Steve Prefontaine. I knew we, I told you we were going to get back there. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, okay. It's a great, great movie. It's based kind of based on a, a book called Pre by Tom Jordan, who was a great uh, writer for Track and Field News back in the day, and is is really just a comprehensive retelling of Pre's short and tragic and amazing life. Um, but a really, really well done movie with interviews and and press clippings and you know old footage of Pre. They do a, a really fantastic job of building up to the Munich Olympics and and everything surrounding that. Um, and weaving in kind of the, the old footage and everything else. It's, it's, uh, it's just so well done. And every time I watch it, I just, you know, I can't wait to like just burst out the door and just do a 15 mile run. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, sounds cool. Yeah. So that's, that's my number one. So there you have it. Our top 10 all time running movies. All right. That should, uh, keep people covered for, uh, a couple of months. Yeah. At least, at least a week or two or so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll come back soon. I have a couple of ideas for us for some other uh, podcasts to get us through the break here. So stay tuned to your feeds, guys, for more great stuff, hopefully, or at least passable stuff from us. And Phil, keep drinking, keep training. I'm doing my best. It'll be <laughs> nice and we can run together again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe soon. soon. Hopefully soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusty like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in the bus, feel upset.